0: Chapter Three of He. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by David Gavin. He by Andrew Lang and Walter Harris Pollock. Chapter Three. Leonora's Discovery. One wild winter night. When the sleet lashed the pane, my door suddenly opened. I started out of a slumber and, could I believe my eyes? Can history repeat itself? There stood the friend of my early youth, her eyes ablaze, a cradle in her arms. Was it all coming round again? A moment's reflection showed me that it was not my early friend, but her daughter, Leonora. Leonora! I screamed don't tell me that you i have deciphered the inscription said the girl proudly setting down the cradle the baby had not come round oh is that all i replied let's have a squint at it in my case no mere figure of speech what do you call that said leonora handing me the accompanying document a note to the reader what we are looking at here is a page or a tablet of very ancient cryptic looking writing i call it pie said i using a technical term of typography i can't make head or tail of it i said peevishly well pie or no pie i love it like pie and i've broken the crust answered the girl according to my interpretation which i cannot mistrust why i asked "Because!" she answered, and the response seemed sufficient when mixed with her bright smile. "It runs thus," she resumed with severity, "in the only language you can partially understand. It runs thus," she reiterated, and I could not help saying, under such breath as I had left, "Been running a long time now." She frowned and read, i theodolite daughter of a race that has never been run out did to the magician jambres whose skill was even as the skill of the gods those things which as you have not yet heard i shall now proceed to relate to you of him i say i was jealous for that he loved the maiden inferior oh how inferior to me in charms wit beauty intellect stature girth and ancestry therefore being well assured of this i made the man into a mummy ere ever his living spirit had left him what arts i used to this last purpose it boots not nor do i choose to tell when i had done this thing i put him secretly away in a fitting box even as set concealed osiris then came my maiden and tidied him away as is the wont of these accursed ones from that hour even until now, has no man nor woman known where to find him, even Jambres the magician. For though the mummifying, as thou shalt not fail to discover, was in some sort incomplete, yet the tidying away and the losing were so complete, that no putting forth of precious papyri into cupboards beneath the flights of stairs has ever equaled it. Now, therefore, shall i curse these maidens even in amenti the place of their tormenting forget them may they be eternally forgotten curse them up and down through the whole solar system this is very violent language my dear said i our people swore terribly in egypt answered leonora calmly but it is vain no woman can curse worth a derrick. but for this The losing of the one whom i mummified must i suffer countless penalties for i even the seeress know not what the said maidens did with the said mummy nor do you nor any other and not to know for i want my mummy to have a good cry over is great part of my punishment but this i the seeress do know right well for it was revealed to me in a dream, and this I do prophesy unto thee, my daughter, or daughter's daughter, ay, this do I say, that a curse will rest upon me until he who was mummified shall be found. Now, this also do I, the seeress, tell thee he who was mummified shall be found in the dark country, where there is no sun and men breathe the vapour of smoke and light lamps at noonday, and wire themselves even with wires when the wind bloweth. And the place where the mummy dwelleth is beneath the three balls of gold, and one will lead thee thither who abides hard by the great tree cavern, like the head of an Ethiopian, and thou shalt come to the people who slate strangers, and to the place of the rolling logs, and the music thereof thereafter shalt thou find him even jambres and when thou hast healed him the curse shall fall from me nor indeed shall the unmummifying be accomplished even then unless thou o my daughter or my daughter's daughter as before shalt go with he who is mummified to the hall of egyptian darkness and sit in the wizard's chair that is thereby, even the seat which was erst the siege perilous. These things have I said, well knowing that they shall be accomplished to thee, my daughter, thy grandmother. There, Polly, what do you say to that? said Norah. Your grandmother, I replied. Polly, said Miss Norah looking at me with quite needlessly flashing eyes. You and I will set out on the search for this unhappy mummied one. Don't you think the critics will call the motive rather thin? I demurred. Thin? To rescue my ancestress from a curse? said Leonora. There's just one thing, she mused. Shall we take a low-comedy character this time, or not? Let's take Ustani, I proposed. He can double the part with that of the faithful black. A great saving in hotel bills and railway fares. End of chapter three recorded by David Gavin in Great Barrington, Massachusetts, at www.thevoiceoverall.net.